Prince George County, Maryland, Halloween night, 2020. A police car barreled down the highway with sirens blaring. It was both Halloween and a full moon, a double whammy. The cops inside the police cruiser were in for a wild night. Officers Kurt North and Jeff Bell were responding to a frantic 911 call from a terrified white woman named Karen, who had locked herself inside her bathroom because an intruder had broken into her apartment. Both men were 20-year veterans of the Prince George's County Police Department. They were both Caucasian, big, burly, and macho, each sporting a military-style crew cut. The streets were eerily deserted, not a single trick-or-treater in sight. The country was in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic with a deeply divisive presidential election just days away. America felt like a powder keg waiting to go off. 2020 had been one of the worst years in the history of the world. Protest, lockdowns, the war on cops, and the bogus plague. Kurt suspected all this pandemic nonsense was really a hoax orchestrated by a faceless cabal of COVID cucks and libtards in the fake news media. On their way, they listened to Joe Rogan and an MMA fighter turned conspiracy theorist rant about mask mandates on his podcast. Officer North refused to wear those idiotic masks. He thought they made him look gay. The police car whirled recklessly into the Maplewood apartment complex, nearly running over a group of residents as they pulled into the parking space. The tenants of the Maplewood apartment complex were almost entirely African-American and poor. Officer North often referred to it as Monkey Town. It was a high crime neighborhood ravaged by poverty, opioids, and harassment by law enforcement. Before both cops exited their vehicle, they turned off their body cams, just in case an accident occurred. With guns and flashlights drawn, they ran towards Duplex 13. As they approached, the cops could see there were no lights on. Kurt noticed a message above the front door drawn in what appeared to be blood. I am the storm. The two cops looked at one another and decided to just kick the door in. With guns drawn and flashlights in hand, they cautiously entered the apartment. Karen, Officer North called out. This is the police. His partner, Jeff, used his flashlight to scan for clues in the dark apartment. No signs of life, quiet as a tomb. As they made their way to the kitchen, Officer Bell stumbled into something sticky on the floor and when he looked down, what he saw scared him shitless. It was the body of a man. It was missing its head and had been skinned. And there was blood everywhere. Officer Bell spotted a pair of jeans on the floor next to the body smeared with crimson. He reached into the back pocket of the jeans to check for identification. The skinless corpse belonged to a registered sex offender named Tony Black. Beside the corpse was a message written in the victim's blood that read, Body Thief. Who could have done this? Bell said to his partner as he tried not to vomit. Officer North could only shake his head. He had never seen anything like this before. He then ordered Bell to go upstairs and look for Karen. When Bell balked, North berated him and called him a homophobic slur. With a sigh, Officer Bell slowly crept up the stairs to look for Karen holding the gun with his dominant hand and his flashlight with the other. 
He couldn't wait until they found her and got the hell out of the apartment. This place gave him the creeps. Officer North decided to have a look around the kitchen. He turned toward the fridge with his flashlight and saw there was a message on it written in blood, trick or treat. He stood motionless, paralyzed by the unfamiliar feeling of menace, wondering if he should switch off the flashlight and make a run for it. Shaking with cold fear, Officer North opened the fridge and gasped when he saw a jack-o'-lantern carved out of a human head. The severed head was missing its eyes, had one of its nostrils sliced off, and had had its mouth widened to appear as though it was smiling. The light of a candle glowed through its orifices. Horrified, Officer North slammed the fridge shut. He suddenly heard a blood-curdling scream coming from upstairs. It was his partner. He sounded like something was killing him. Several shots fired. Another scream. Officer North ran out of the kitchen and towards the stairs as he heard a chilling sound. Footsteps, heavy and loud, coming down the stairs. Clank. 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 The slow footsteps from the darkness were like torture. Officer North made it to the dark living room before he stopped in his tracks, his heart pounding in his chest. He waved his gun and flashlight around frantically, trying to see what lurked in the shadows. He heard the footsteps getting closer and closer and closer. Then, Kurt saw something coming towards him out of the darkness. It was a large and terrifying thing, with horns protruding from its head. The thing stood upright. It was humanoid, but covered in a thick brown fur. Narrow eyes, terrifyingly red and bright. It cast an absolutely satanic profile. There was no escape. The horned beast was blocking his only exit. Officer North had never been this scared. This was no man. This was a monster. He had heard the legend of the Goatman as a kid, but had dismissed it as a myth. Don't move, asshole! Hands in the air! North shouted. Only the howling wind outside answered. The thing kept walking towards Officer North. Each step felt heavy, invoking fear, and filled with menace. It wielded a huge decorative axe in one hand, and was holding an unseen object in the other. It tossed the object at Kurt's feet. It was the severed head of his partner, Officer Jeff Bell, his face frozen in an expression of pure terror. Panic and horror surged throughout his body as Kurt screamed at the creature. Where is she? Where is Karen? The creature produced an iPhone and held it up. There never had been a Karen. The phony 911 call had all been a setup, a sick joke designed to lure two cops into a deadly trap. Officer North pointed his gun at the creature and fired. He fired seven more bullets, emptying the clip into the thing, who just kept marching towards the policeman in an almost robotic fashion. The cop's firearm was utterly useless against the goat man. It couldn't be stopped. It couldn't be killed. It descended upon him with a graceful ferocity, 
making a twirling flourish with the axe as it moved in for the kill. Officer Kurt North screamed in horror at the Goatman as the creature swung its axe down at his head. Blood spattered in all directions as the Goatman savagely hacked Officer Kurt North to pieces. His skull crushed inwards, shards of bone penetrating brain, causing his entire head to implode like a pumpkin. The creature, covered with the gore of a fresh kill, then removed his mask, revealing himself to be a large, muscular man with long black hair and dead, soulless eyes. The man had heard a voice in his head one day while working at Arby's. It told him he had been chosen for divine purpose. It then instructed him to construct a Halloween costume, fitted with a goat skull, plated Kevlar body armor, and acquire a ritualistic axe. The voice had told the man that Antifa and pedophiles had infiltrated the police, the FBI, and even the schools. The voice claimed that people of color had the power to steal the bodies of white Christians and live inside of the hosts like parasites. The voice told his servant to go forth and butcher these people with the axe he had stolen from the Smithsonian. The maniac was convinced the men he had killed tonight were all black Antifa members wearing white meat suits. He saw himself not as a murderer, but as a soldier avenging the white race. The psychotic lunatic in the Goatman costume stared up at the full moon, awaiting further instructions from the voice in his head. The voice had a name, Q, short for QAnon. Started the whole world crying, but I didn't see that the joke was on me. Oh no, I started to cry, which started the whole world. Oh, if I'd only see That the joke was on me
And this is the Spookies Podcast. <laughs> I started a joke called the X Cast. No one is going to get that joke because no one listens to that podcast except <laughs> A crazy cat ladies <laughs> and b british guys named liam nigel or alfie i <laughs> like the name alfie <laughs> guys that have to ask for permission before they have sex with their girlfriends or wives or thanos blow up dolls <laughs> that's who i'm talking about because there is nothing women find more attractive than a man who begs them for pity sex wouldn't you agree stephanie i can't think of a bigger turnoff would you please can i can i please have sex with you what about men who cry during sex oh fuck no no absolutely not there you have it (laughs) the queen has spoken (laughs) for the record i believe in consent yeah we're not talking about consent we're talking about sexiness (laughs) i am just not a fan of tony black (laughs) what what about tony danza he can fuck off too (laughs) Tonight, we are going to try to solve the mystery of the horny, I mean, horned beast. <laughs> I'm Michael. And I'm Stephanie. And welcome to a very special Halloween episode of the Spookies podcast. Oh, it is Halloween every day on this podcast. <laughs> so what tulpa are we talking about tonight, Michael? None. <laughs> because the word tulpa is now banned from this podcast. It is canceled like Matthew Perry after he was a dumbass and went after Canna Reeves. <laughs> What was he thinking? <laughs> have you guys have you guys heard about this? The Keanu Gate? Uh, if they haven't, they can look it up online. We're not. It's target- fucking funny. It is fucking funny. How do you blast yourself into oblivion harder and faster? He crashed and burned. <laughs> there are but- now pieces of Matthew Perry scattered across the galaxy. Keanu is like the male equivalent of Betty White at this point. Like he is revered and beloved. I never got the appeal of Betty White. I love Betty White. I know. She was wonderful. Well, we're not talking about Betty White tonight. (laughs) She's dead. Shut up. Tonight, we are talking about the goat man. The real goat man. Not the cutard in the Halloween costume I made up for the cold open. (laughs) The murderous, axe-wielding goat man of Maryland. For generations, teenagers have been terrorized by this abstinence-inducing creature of the night. (laughs) One of the many shadowy things that haunt the secluded wooded areas of rural America. The Goat Man is an icon in the annals of cryptozoology, the study of unknown, legendary, or extinct animals. The stories surrounding the Goat Man combine the fun elements of cryptozoology, folklore, and urban legends. A half-man, half-goat monster, perfect for Halloween. Michael is Monster Boy. Monsters, but not monster trucks. (laughs) I mean, you have enough body hair. Yeah, that's true. To be Monster Boy. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't have any facial hair, so not today anyway. (laughs) Not today. It's Halloween, which means it's time to put aside our critical thinking skills. We have to think like Americans who vote to lower gas prices. (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) It means you're stupid. (laughs) I'm going to pull the lever and somehow that's going to make the gas prices go drop. 
You mean you mean uh, I'm gonna take a chance on the other side? That kind of thinking. Yeah, we're not getting in a political diatribe here. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Either party, it's stupid. <laughs> People do that. They all companies are in charge. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the dark mystique surrounding goats. And yes, they have a dark mystique. A dark mystique. Goats are adorable. Have you not seen the videos? Well, since ancient times, goats have symbolized evil. Why? The embodiment of carnality. I don't... You would think like stallions or something. They are seen as tools of the occult and black magic. But they're so cute. The ancient societies of Mesopotamia both worshipped horn gods and used male goats in their fertility rituals. A cult in Roman times worshipped Dionysus, the Greek god of fertility, and was led by a sinister figure dressed as, yes, you guessed it, a goat. Well, the Greek god of fertility was actually Bacchus, and the Romans renamed him Dionysus. I know, but that's, who cares? That's an aside. The cult would get very drunk, <laughs> they would have orgies, work themselves up into a frenzy, tear animals apart, and eat them raw. Uh, so gross. It was like a GOP fundraiser. Or CPAC. Yeah. <laughs> By the 11th century, depictions of satanic and demonic figures started to take on goatish features. Goatish features, I like that. Usually appearing naked and hairy to symbolize sexuality, wildness, and animality. Which is immortal combat. Animality. Yeah. <laughs> Witches were often depicted in the company of Satan, represented as a half-man, half-goat. The male goat, because of its reproductive prowess, has been seen as a symbol of virility, sexual potency, stamina, and creative energy in many cultures. He's a Chad. <laughs> Chad goat. <laughs> Renaissance paintings of witches tend to show them riding goats instead of broomsticks. More like broom cock. <laughs> goat cock. <laughs> At least not doom cock. Ew. Scholars say the goat devil is featured so prominently in European iconography because of the horns and weird eyes. Goats are said to have a leering stare. Kind of like me. <laughs> At any rate, there's something very strange going on in the woods and farmland of rural Maryland. Something that bridges the world of the occult with the nightmare of fringe science. Which brings us to tonight's case. The Goat Man. <laughs> A human-goat hybrid that comes out at night to stalk, terrorize, and hack its victims to death with an axe straight out of the slasher movies. So, Jason Voorhees as a fawn. Or Pan, the Greek god of fertility. Yeah, Goatman's Pan-like visage bears a striking resemblance to demonic entities such as Moloch or Baphomet, or even the Minotaur from... Moloch! Sorry. <laughs> or even the Minotaur from Greek and Roman mythology, as well as other medieval goat-like entities which remain popular occult imagery to this day. Wait, didn't they use Moloch as a villain in that short-lived... Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow show. We're only the half Adam of the first season. Adam is going to be good. really happy when he hears this because he used Moloch in his X-File fan fiction, the episode that I helped him write. Ah, yeah. Moloch. <laughs> Sanctus, Baphomet, <laughs> Beelzebub. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Stories of goat-like humanoids date all the way back to antiquity. The earliest sightings date all the way back to 520 BCE in the form of satyrs from ancient Greece, who held an almost identical role as the Goatman character, despite 3,000 years difference. 
The urban legends of the Goatman often involve the creature killing young couples in parked cars or scouring neighborhoods killing family pets. The Goatman is said to behead anyone unfortunate enough to encounter it in the woods. It seems to want to protect the forest of Maryland from human encroachment. Hmm, like a Greek god. <laughs> there are also stories of the Goatman breaking into people's houses and raping its victims. Ah, always. And according to those who have been sexually assaulted by the Goatman... <laughs> He doesn't care if you're a man or a woman. He will overtake you and rape you nonetheless. Gross. Can you imagine being raped by this thing? No, no. Probably would be a traumatizing experience to most, but somewhat enjoyable to others, especially those in the furry community. <laughs> the goat man also likes to kill and rape people's pets. What? Why? Something tells me he doesn't ask for their permission. Oh, God. The goat man, I think you would say, is problematic, like Bill Murray on a film set. Oh my God. So what exactly does the goat man look like? A goat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Witnesses describe the goat man as large, between six to eight feet tall and weighing between 200 to 300 pounds. Does it have the bent legs like a goat? Yes. Like, ooh. A half human, half goat being with a goat's head humanous arms and torso, and human legs and hooves. Hooves. Its weapon of choice is an axe. A real axe, not something purchased at Spirit Halloween. <laughs> and the beast carries a burlap sack, which according to local folklore, contains the severed heads of some of its victims. What does it do with these heads? No one knows. It has superhuman strength as well, so it's like a super soldier. <laughs> okay. Which, that makes more sense later. The Goatman's territory ranges from Beltsville to Bowie, Mitchellville, and Upper Marlboro. Sightings most often occur near forest or county roads, specifically crossroads, which is interesting because, as we both know from watching Supernatural, crossroads can be used to summon a demon or devil in order to make a deal. Yep. There's a cruelty and brutality that sets him apart from other cryptids. He seems to enjoy toying with his prey before he slaughters them. Goatman kills because he likes it. The goat man's crimes include stalking, animal cruelty, mass murder, fear-mongering, and violent sexual assault. And he really dislikes both The Last Jedi and Halloween Ends. <laughs> Accounts of the goat man date back to the late 1950s within Prince George County, following several unexplained disappearances and axe murders which were later attributed to the creature. In 1957, a young couple was parked on a lonely road where they suddenly heard something banging on the hood of their car. Looking up, they were startled to see a goat-like humanoid staring at them, waving an ancient-looking axe. The creature instantly turned and dashed into the surrounding woods. I have heard this story before when it was called Hookman. No, they are very different. Hookman has a hook for a hand, <laughs> and Goatman has an axe. Okay, but they both like to go upon lovers... In Lover's Lanes. A legendary axe of near-mythic power and destruction, Stephanie. Ah, my mistake. It sounds like an urban legend. All urban legends are rooted in a grain of truth. You know this. So they could have like a goat head on? Yeah. What I find interesting here is that the goat man is infamous for attacking horny teenagers on Lover's Lane, as Stephanie said. Mm -hmm. Both the satyr and the Greek god Pan are deities associated with fertility and procreation. In the summer of 1962, things took a grisly turn when the goat man was accused of killing 14 people, including 12 children and two accompanying adults, 
who had been hiking in the forest too close to its apparent lair. The survivors, who, not surprisingly, remained anonymous, claimed that the Goatman violently hacked the victims to death with his blood axe. Now, there are some that say this, this is an urban legend. Uh-huh. While the survivors insist to this day that it really happened, they allege the local authorities cornered and killed a large, unknown creature in a cave, then covered it up. But there were offspring, most likely from the women it had kidnapped and impregnated. So the sightings of the creature continue to this day. How do we know it wasn't like some crazy vagabond up in the hills? We're going to get to that. Who constructed a goat head. We're going to get to that. Okay. The police, it should be noted, have denied any knowledge of ever having killed such a creature. Not that that really means anything. When it comes to authority figures, especially in rural areas, trust no one. I mean, I don't trust them in city fires. But good old boys are really untrustworthy. (laughs) Well, they're all all bad. In 1971, a farmer in Huntington, Maryland, reported seeing a dark, unsettling figure near Fletcherton Road. It was squatting like a human and eating the remains of a pig, tearing at the flesh with jagged, broken teeth. When the farmer approached the scene, the creature ran off. Some locals believe the Goatman was behind a series of brutal murders in the 1980s occurring in and around the woods of Maryland. Murders the county coroner attributed to a wild animal attack, but the locals weren't buying it. In the summer of 1990, a young boy was playing catch with his father at a local park when the ball zipped over his head and bounced into the woods. He eagerly dropped his glove and headed after it. A few moments later, his parents heard a scream. When they ran to their son's rescue, the boy was standing frozen with terror between the trees, with tears running down his cheeks. When they asked him what was wrong, the boy told his parents that he had seen a monster with horns, but it ran away. He told them that it was the same dark thing that stands in the corner of his room every night. So if the goat man exists, where did it come from? Well, if the creature had a backstory, it would have to be multiple choice. Origin 1. Science gone awry. The Beltsville Agricultural Research Center is located on 6,500 acres of land, just outside Washington, D.C. It was originally founded in 1910, and it's also the largest agricultural research facility in the world, and many people believe this is where the goat man was born. Officially, the government claims the research facility was founded to help advance the science of farming and livestock. What they do there is highly secretive and off-limits to the general public. Hundreds of creepy buildings scattered around the property are ancient, dilapidated farmhouses where animals were tortured, abused, and experimented on in the name of scientific progress. And for nearly a century, there have been whispers about bizarre fringe experiments using genetic engineering to create new forms of life. Animal-human hybrids. It's a place ripped straight out of a Michael Crichton novel. It's often referred to as the Area 51 of the East Coast. Legend has it that the goat man was once a scientist who works at the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center. He was working on genetic experiments using goats, and one day, the experiments backfired, leaving him mutated as a half-goat creature, which is now known as the goat man. I mean, that sounds like a comic book <laughs> origin no, story. No, it gets better. Oh, God. <laughs> Another version of the story has a gothic horror flavor to it. In this version, the scientist, Stephen Fletcher, had a wife who became very ill. She was his high school sweetheart. Her condition worsened, and she fell into a coma. 
Desperate to save her, he turned to his experiments involving combining human DNA with that of a goat. He wanted to play God and prolong her life. There are two versions of what happened next. Some say the product of his experiment, the thing he created, escaped from the lab. In the other telling of the story, he used his assistant as a guinea pig, and the man became something less than human and fled the facility out of some animalistic rage. Yet another version contends that it was a brand new creation altogether, an abomination of science, that slipped out of the grasp of both researchers. It vanished from the property and escaped into the nearby woods. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> also, they were doing eugenics and all kind of weird stuff here. I was reading, we could go down the list, there's all kinds of things they did here that are like Nazi science. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they had actual Nazi scientists working for It's them. around this time that there's a scientist, I forget his name, but uh, he was doing research on prisoners in San Quentin, mm -hmm. and he was sewing animal parts into their bodies. What the fuck, Trying man? to, again, crossbreed animals. It, I think it's called xenotransplantation, so, the grafting of one this, life form into another. I wouldn't be surprised if these were actual Nazis, because we just, I know we brought a bunch oh, of them no, over. Oh, no, no, no. They got some Nazis working They've here. They've got it, right? It started in the 30s. Sounds like Nazi yeah. shit. It they has came to over be. here, they fled Germany, and yeah. they were working. Project here. fucking paperclip. Bring in the Nazis. Anyway, I love theory two. For science. <laughs> I think it's possible something could have escaped from the lab. I think that's that's not that If weird. they were successful... Hmm. It's within the realm of extreme possibility. I knew you were going to say this. I knew X-Files was going to come into play. <laughs> well, or, you know, just the fringe science. That's what this is. Yes. So origin two, the goat herder. This is my favorite. <laughs> this origin is rooted in the occult and Satanism. That goat man was once a lonely old herder who kept to himself in the woods. However, one night a group of teenagers stumbled upon his herd and slaughtered them out of sadistic pleasure. When the old man found the bodies of his beloved goats, he went insane with rage. The sight of the goat's blood angered him so much so that it actually affected his physiology, turning him into the murderous, axe-wielding goat man. Others claim that the herder summoned the devil with black magic during an occult ritual and made a deal with him to help overcome his grief. In an ironic twist, the devil cursed the herder, transforming him into a humanoid goat monster, hell-bent on revenge against horny teenagers. He went on to slaughter them, all with a magical axe given to him by Satan. It's very metal. <laughs> okay, and this is probably what you're going to think. Or okay. Origin 3, the Hermit. Many locals believe that he is or was nothing more than an ornery, deranged, and possibly disfigured old hermit, clad in fur skin and armed with an axe who claimed the back roads of Prince George County as his own personal domain and had territorial issues with the local teens. Mm -hmm. He abducts, rapes, and impregnates teenage girls. And his hideous progeny are responsible for the killings and assaults that persist to this day. So basically, <laughs> Randy Quaid found a goat man Halloween costume and decided in a very QAnon sort of way to become the horned horror of Prince George County. <laughs> And then, of course, there are fundamentalist Bible thumper types who believe that the goat man is Satan himself. So what do you believe, Stephanie? What, what is plausible here? I think the most plausible is this last explanation and uh, whatever they killed in the cave in the 60s. Maybe it was a crazy guy dressed in a crazy costume. And they're like, fuck this motherfucker. We're going to kill him. What do you make of that kid saying that he saw this thing at 
watching over him at bed at night. Well, that actually sounds like sleep paralysis. Um, that is doc very well documented. So a very young boy has... Sleep- oh, God, yeah. It can happen to anybody. I got it from medication, actually. And it is so weird how it triggers a part of your brain, and you literally, it fucking... It's, it's terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying. Do not recommend, 100% do not recommend getting sleep paralysis or suffering from it. It's really fucking horrible. Um, yeah, it, you see like what looks like a fucking dark entity in the corner and it's coming out of like this gelid black hole. It's scary and you can't talk. You can't move your vocal cords. What he described was a monster. It looks like a monster. but people It had who, glowing red eyes. But when people have sleep paralysis, they often experience... The exact same thing. So it sounds like sleep paralysis. So you don't believe it's possible that Pan... He could have seen something. I don't know what he saw. Maybe he saw that same crazy old asshole in the fucking woods. You don't believe it's possible Pan, the god Pan, is in the woods. Protecting the forest. Um, You know, I always wondered if Neil Gaiman's American Gods, if there was like a kernel of truth to that. In my lexicon of spirituality, gods, goddesses are represented in a form that is palatable to the human who is um who can see it or something that you would recognize and it would be comforting to you yeah that should be that more accurately there seems to be this fixation on procreation because it targets young couples who are horny who are you know uh fucking (laughs) and uh either kills them or abducts the women so what about the two adults and then all those kids it's also a maniac (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, gods are supposed supposedly indifferent to Right, humans. right. So I mean And it could be a sacrifice. Right. So well, didn't Pan sacrifice people? I believe so. He's also kind of attributed to be like the Pied Piper. So early Pied Piper stories are derivative of Pan, I believe. Well, I mean, I think that there's some reason though why this image of the goat is keeps coming back and back in our psyches like yeah i don't understand why though i think it's the eyes that's what i've read before that the eyes of goats they're sheep, leering they have re- these really strange um vertical pupils it creeps some people out it doesn't creep me out i think they're uh, i think the witch is creepy that movie the black philip is creepy i love black philip apparently that black goat philip. in in uh, the witch movie mm-hmm. was a nightmare to deal with <laughs> He was not trained at all. <laughs> well, goats are really an inquisitive, curious, and highly intelligent. So maybe that's another reason. People I will didn't like say, if them. you hear a goat talking to you, you need therapy or <laughs> medication. Don't. It's not Satan. <laughs> no, or or maybe you're ingesting some kind of hallucinogen. <laughs> yeah, well, that goes without saying. Right. <laughs> I think there is something to this story, though. It's more than just, more so than, say, even like the dog man or Bigfoot or something. There's something about the goat man almost seems more man than goat. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seems to be intelligent and it seems to not want to be found. But the Native Americans talked about a creature they had seen for centuries. There's a goat like creature that lives in this area. Mm -hmm. And this predates, they first told the Jesuit priest i believe in the 1600s about it you know some colonizer they told him yeah (laughs) (laughs) well they would have spiritual discussions no maybe it was pan so well the only i mean i don't know if it's actually like a god because if you believe in an all-loving god that doesn't really i don't believe in all loving gods i I do that's a human construct i think the rage part is the human construct this that you can't say that like god is all love but then it also likes to smite people like that doesn't fucking make sense this is a specific god of a specific thing so fucking yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what human beings can bring about for eons of collective consciousness. Like, I don't know if it's like a spiritual thing, like a, a metaphysical it thing. It seems also to want to protect the forest. Yeah. And kills people who go near the forest, supposedly. Now, there was an incident, I believe it's in the 70s, where a uh, woman or a family saw a goat-like creature humanoid goat-like creature mm-hmm. roaming around their property and then it the next morning uh they found their puppy missing its head and this is what really starts the goat man kind of uh, urban legend why did they leave their puppy outside i don't know what a bunch of assholes but it's possible that some of this is what you talk about where, you know, it becomes like a, a game of telephone and people tell the story. Right. And then it goes down and gets shifted and shifted and shifted until it becomes this thing that everybody believes right. in. Right. For all we know, it's an actual run-of-the-mill predator that ate their puppy's head. Mm-hmm. So it's a man. It could be. But no, I think an actual predator. Uh, yeah. Uh, my money's on Randy Quaid. So. <laughs> He's hiding out there. Leaves your puppy outside. Look, I know it's the seventies. Did you say the seventies? I think it's the seventies. I know that we view dogs differently than we do now. I, I understand this. Okay, like I get it. I was raised in the eighties and nineties, and we had different ideas of um, what we thought was humane and how to treat dogs. And not everyone believed in keeping their dogs inside their houses all the time. That being said. It's a puppy. What the fuck are you doing leaving your puppy? I don't understand like? why everyone acts like this is the thing. This is the most convincing part. To me, that, no, it's not. that research center is concerning. Yeah, I actually think that's more... That ha- that would be the second plausible point. If a goat man exists, it's from Nazi It scientists. also sounds like it's haunted because there's all these like abandoned uh, stables and places where they had tortured these animals. So they no longer use this building? No, they use it to this day, but there's areas of it. Oh, they've just let other acreage parts of the uh, grounds have just gone into. Yeah, dilapidated. Right. It's disgusting. I've seen pictures of it online. Gross. By the way, if you go online and you look at this place, it looks like a mental institution. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it looks like a place where they keep people and they experiment. Uh-huh. Yeah, it has that sanitarium. And maybe they were doing that. Sanatorium look. With animals as well yeah. and combining human and animal DNA. There's a book called The Island of Dr. Moreau, which is about animal-human hybrids. Mm -hmm. And the story, that part of it... Bear man pig! Yeah. (laughs) This this research facility reminds me of The Island of Dr. Moreau. This is what I'll say. I believe there is something going on here. More than just overactive imaginations and rural superstitions. I know... Rural people are very superstitious. That's just a fact. Yeah. I believe we discount these stories at our own peril, though, because whether real or imagined, the goat man as a symbol of mortal fear is very much alive in the dark woods and farmland of Maryland. People believe this thing. People are afraid of this thing. Do you think it's because people who live in more rural areas, they're more connected to, to nature. If you get to go outside more often and feel the grass between your your toes, then I think you would have a, you'd be more acclimated to nature and maybe some of the things that are spooky about nature. Well, it's folk horror. 
mm-hmm. and they're connected to the land. And this thing is very, yeah. it's very connected to the land and the forest and the farms and the pastoral fields, all that. Yeah, well, those of us who live in cities and very dense cities are really cut off from from nature. And I don't think that's a good thing, actually. But there's also other goat men <laughs> in other parts of America. <laughs> including Texas. There's a, literally a bridge. It's called the Goatman Bridge. I believe BuzzFeed Unsolved covered that, where they walked across. What? We gotta watch it. <laughs> I think we watched it. Okay, I wanna watch it again then. <laughs> no, the story around that's not funny. I told you this last night, but you forgot. Did I? Well, I was half asleep. You're always telling me things while I'm reading. Guys, he talks to me, and I'm in the middle of reading. It was a farmer. A book. He was black. He was a very good farmer. Mm-hmm. And the locals, who were clan, were jealous of him. I don't recall the story at all. When did you tell me this story? Yesterday. Okay, I was reading. So, yeah. With headphones in, by the way. They lynched him and hung his body from the bridge. And so, his ghost comes back as the goat man, and he killed all of the clansmen. Ah, I fucking love that. That's sweet. But I think they also killed his family, too. So, he's like a vengeful spirit. I can buy a vengeful goat man. Yeah, with an axe. With <laughs> an axe. <laughs> I just love the axe. Love I'm all about the axe. Kill all the fucking white supremacists. I will say this. Awesome. <laughs> believing in the goat man isn't any sillier than believing in zombie Jesus or Allah. <laughs> Allah. They're both silly. Goat man at least has an axe, and that's cool. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I hope everyone has a happy Halloween. Um, Steffi and I are going to be taking a break. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I need to refill my creative juices. There will be more episodes to come. Next episode is homunculus <laughs> in about a month. But there will be, uh, if you sign up for Patreon, there will be content coming through Patreon. There will be, uh, what is, what's the thing you want to watch? Army Hammer? Yeah, we're going to watch the Army Hammer thing and give her There will be another it. Q&A and there'll be focused more on true crime because we got some questions about true crime and uh, Hollywood BS. So there's, but there's behind the scenes uh, features. From behind the, the truth. Yeah, from each of our episodes. So you can actually catch up on that, like what our thought process was. How did Michael come up with these episodes? Stuff like that. Because he's the one who uh, picks the shit. <laughs> and I come along for the ride. <laughs> and again tomorrow it's our wedding anniversary yeah halloween is our wedding anniversary because i'm a spooky bitch and i wanted to get married on halloween yeah and michael said that sounds good to me and we did and we are going to uh go now because we're going to get ready for halloween mm-hmm. <laughs> and with that we'll talk to you soon bye bye started a joke which started the whole world crying but I didn't see that the joke was on me oh no